And then there were two. After almost a month of great games and drama and excitement at the World Cup, we're down to the final two teams left standing, set to play in the final this weekend. Argentina and France, and we are here to talk about an instant reaction right after France wrapped up their win over Morocco in the semifinals. So this is Wednesday afternoon, and joining me for a little uh, instant reaction, soccer and snow and smoke, you'll also hear this on the footy 15 on Nuanez now. Montana Grizzlies head soccer coach Chris Chinovitsky. Chris, how you doing? I'm back. I'm excited to be back. And still got a high heart rate from watching all these games. It's been been a heck of a World Cup. Yeah, what's interesting is these two semifinals were actually, not that there weren't some tense moments in there, but after we had the crazy drama of the penalty shootouts and the late goals in the quarters in the round of 16, we got a couple multiple goal wins here in the semis. Chris, let's look back at these semifinal games first. Which one do you want to start with? Oh, um, let's start with the one that just finished now, France and Morocco. Yeah, that one really, I think, fresh in both of our minds. And you come in, you look for it. This was the defending champions against the really underdog Cinderella story of the tournament. Chris, how were you expecting that one to play out? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I was watching it at the start, and so France score right off the bat in the fifth minute, and you hear the commentators saying, well, you know, everything that you've planned for the whole week all of a sudden is out the window, which is, in my opinion, completely inaccurate. Because <laughs> when we go play in the NCAA tournament and we're playing a team that's uh, some sort of a Power 5 program, we plan for multiple scenarios. And one of them is, okay, we'd like to keep this game at 0-0 for as long as we can until we score, but there's a good chance we're going to get scored in the first couple minutes. If that happens, what is our response to it? And you can tell that Morocco almost fell into plan B immediately being scored on, saying, okay, don't get scored on again. Hold this thing on as long as you can, and then if we grind our way back into it, we'll be okay. So it was, it was nice to see the response to it. Yes, they were frustrated at being scored on, but they kept that composure and created so many good chances later on until they got bit the second time, and then it was over. Yeah, that was really the story of the game for me was the way Morocco was able to work back into the game and not just uh, not being outplayed, not just hitting France on the counter, but really putting the pressure on France's half, especially I thought early in the second half of that game, they were creating a bunch of great chances. France's manager, Didier Deschamps, made a couple subs and sort of really changed the game and, and got France into a much more comfortable position for the last 20, 25 minutes there. Yeah, I feel like France is doing a good job considering all the injuries and the sicknesses and all that stuff going through the squad to, to lose Benzema or even coming in and not pull up certain players. I think they're, they're doing extremely well this late, and it just shows you how much depth they have and how much depth you need if you want to be a successful team in a World Cup. And this team, of course, now going into the final second World Cup in a row that, that France and Didier Deschamps have been there with a lot of the same players you have to imagine, I mean, they, they've been there before, right? It, it's good for them going into this game. Yeah, I'm sure they're feeling pretty good about it, but you're also concerned about who's on the other side of the field there, right? And you've got a really good team. But France just, for some reason, have always had this com- this like classic French team spirit that really allows them to just go through to the next level and the next level. And even when they score goals, you could see all of them come together and they huddle around and they say something, and it's just... Whatever they have going on within that team unity, it's pretty special and allows them to, to pull off great results. Even when they're not playing well, like against England, they're in trouble. But they'll ground out a result and go through. Yeah, that's right. And of course, waiting for the French in the final, that other team that we're talking about, 
We can talk about this matchup later, but let's talk about Argentina's 3 nothing win over Croatia yesterday. That was Tuesday. And again, after all the drama of the quarterfinals, relatively easy for Argentina because they went up with two goals in the first half. Yeah, but they were just so efficient, right? And just so deadly in every time they attacked. And so, honestly, I thought that was going to be one of those classic Croatia games where it hangs out at 1-1 or 0-0 for a long time, then it goes to extra time. But Argentina was so cutthroat, and they did what Brazil couldn't do to Croatia, which is put them away. And so, I mean, I feel like Argentina is peaking at the right time. Yeah, it was actually a really interesting game watching at it and especially looking at the stats after Croatia outshot Argentina 12-9, but seven of Argentina's nine shots were on target. Croatia had over 60% possession in this game, and a lot of that you know, goes to game states because they got scored on and they got scored on twice so early, so they were trying to attack. But really, I thought the story of this game, and it was a, a pretty even game. I mean, Croatia's a great team. They didn't go down easily despite the scoreline of that game. I just thought the story was Lionel Messi, of course, first, but also Julian Alvarez in sort of a, a grabbing the torch moment, perhaps, draws the foul that sets up Lionel Messi's penalty and then scores Argentina's last two goals. Yeah, got to be excited for Alvarez to, to you know move to City, which is a big move for him to be playing alongside Erling Haaland and what's considered one of the top clubs in the world in a sub role. And then you come into a World Cup where you've played bits and pieces for Argentina, all of a sudden being a star player this late and scoring so many great goals. And he just looks comfortable in front of goal, which they've never had previously with Higuain or anybody else who's played up there with Messi. It's finally, Messi's got a buddy who can score goals and do it with him. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you by Zootown Sports Cards, Canby Tap House, and Blackfoot Communications. Big thanks to all of our sponsors on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. We couldn't do it without them. Zootown Sports Cards is your hub for all things sports card and memorabilia collecting in the Garden City. Go and find them at 2100 Stevens Avenue. I know they've got plenty of soccer cards just sitting there waiting for a good home. And to help you get started in the soccer card collecting game, if you go in to Zootown Sports Cards and mention to Hillary or Jason that you heard about Zootown on Soccer and Snow and Smoke, they'll hook you up with a little friends and family discount. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is also brought to you by Camby Tap House and Coffee, two great locations in the Garden City, one on South Higgins as well as one in the Sawmill District, one of my favorite places to patronize. In the Garden City, I love Camby's great selection of beers on tap, and their food menu is not half bad either. Go and get the Camby fries. That'd be my recommendation. And check out the South Higgins location as well to watch some of the later games at the World Cup. They'll have them on the TV for you. And finally, Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics and a huge supporter of everything that we do here at ESPN Missoula, as well as at Skyline Sports. Whatever your phone and internet needs, go and visit Blackfoot Communications, and also if you're a small business, check out their Connect to More program. That's Blackfoot Communications. Connect to More. Make sure you check out our giveaway on soccer and snow and smoke here for the World Cup. We've got some packs of cards from Zootown Sports Cards, as well as a $25 gift card to Canby Tap House. Available for one lucky winner, all you have to do is text me, 406-888-1029, who you think is going to win the World Cup. 
Text me also who you think is going to win the golden boot for top scorer at this year's World Cup. You don't have to be right. This isn't a contest or anything. I just want to see your thoughts. So text me both of those things, who you think is your pick to win the World Cup and who's your pick for the golden boot, to 406-888-1029 to be entered for your chance to win some packs of cards from Zootown Sports Cards as well as a gift card to Cami Tap House and Coffee. Now back to soccer and snow and smoke. Yeah, and really also just a a vintage, I I don't even want to say vintage because he continues to do this, but just an incredible performance from Lionel Messi in that game. And I think the difference in that game was that essentially Argentina had Lionel Messi and Julian Alvarez and Croatia didn't. But what about just that performance from Messi? We all know the narratives about him coming into this World Cup. It's likely almost certain to be his last. It's the one trophy that's missing from his trophy case. He's never won the World Cup with Argentina. To do that, to get to the final. Yeah, I, um, I, I, it must have been about halfway through the game. I'm texting with some people that, that I know, college coaches around the country, and just saying, you know, all Messi's going to do is dive, and he's not going to move this much, that much. Just, you know, obviously poking the bear, because he's a little bit older, and he's not as agile as he used to be. And yet Messi put in a, like a 25-year-old vintage Messi performance at times. I mean, he's... The way he dribbled to set up that third goal was something I haven't seen him do that effectively in a very long time. He's fired up. He wants to win this thing. He's just, he's on edge. And I haven't seen that kind of light in his eyes in a long time. So it's scary, to be honest. He won me over yesterday where I was like, that's a person who can win you a World Cup on his own if he wants to now. So hence why I think Argentina's peaking because Messi's coming back to life. Yeah, incredible third goal for Argentina. If you watch the game, you know which one we're talking about. Messi picks it up on the right side of the field. Turns Josko Gvardiol, the young Croatian center back, outside back, who's been really one of the stars of this tournament. He's had a great tournament. He's going to get a big money move coming out of that. Turns him into knots a couple times, turns him around, gets to the byline, slides it across for Julian Alvarez for the third that really put that game to bed. And that must have just been such a relief for Argentina after having the two-goal lead disappear against the Netherlands so late in the previous game, but that one really put it to bed. Yeah, and they've learned so many good lessons along the way, which you just said that they lost an opening game with all that weight of the whole world almost on your shoulders of the last World Cup, here you go. You got humiliated by Saudi Arabia. You had to work your way back in. You've had to be 2-0 up. Now all of a sudden you're 2-2. Now you've got to go into a shootout against a team who's emotionally trying to rile you up and get in your faces. And Messi's being hot, Messi's being called, Messi's missed penalties, now he's scoring penalties. It seems like they've gone through the whole gamut, the whole thing that you could possibly go through to set them perfectly up in the final of we've experienced everything in this tournament and now we're ready to to go all out in this final game. Yeah, I've been thinking about their run just as they've continued to, to go on and make it now all the way to the final I think that one of the huge moments of this World Cup looked pretty big in the moment, but is now like, wow, that might have been the turning point. Has to be Messi's opening goal against Mexico in their second game in the group stage because you lose to Saudi Arabia. That's supposed to be your easiest game in the group stage. You lose in the first game of the tournament there. And then Mexico takes you into the 60th, past the 60th minute scoreless. If you draw there, you're in a huge amount of trouble. And Lionel Messi just with a great strike from outside the box to make it one nothing yeah. to finally give them the lead in that game. Like, how huge is that just for where they're at now? 
But Chris, let's focus exactly. now on this Argentina-France final. So many great narratives individually with these teams, with these two teams facing off against each other. What's just your favorite storyline coming into it? No, everybody's going to say Messi, right? Messi or Mbappe and just those two, and I'm sure those are going to be plastered all over the TV. So, oh, it's Messi against Mbappe in the final. But I feel like there's, there's so much squad depth between the two of them. Love that France is going up to be the first team in goodness knows how many years to win back-to-back World Cups. And then the whole romantic tale of Messi winning his first World Cup. Um, and so there, there were just so many cool storylines with this piece right now that I honestly don't know who I want to have win because I wasn't rooting for either of them going into the tournament. So I'm more than happy to sit back and watch somebody score an early goal and just hopefully this thing just explodes into like a 3-3-4-3-something just goal-scoring extravaganza that we never forget for the rest of our lives. Yeah, it'd be great if it was actually like the the France-Croatia final last time around, but Chris does such a great job there laying out, I think, the really big narratives that you're going to hear a lot about this game going into it. Of course, Lionel Messi looking for his first World Cup, and as we mentioned, I mean, he's won everything else that there is to win. I don't think he needs this for his argument to be the greatest of all time, but it's just it's the one trophy missing for Lionel Messi. France, as you mentioned, looking to be the first team in a long time to go back-to-back as winners at the World Cup. Chris, I actually love the storyline of Mbappe and Messi because I think Kylian Mbappe is one of a very, very few players in the world right now who have a chance to reach the heights that Lionel Messi has achieved in his career, and it's going to be incredible to watch them on the same field together the old great and the young one who might have a chance to reach those heights, and this would be huge for Mbappe's legacy, even though he is so young. I mean, the best player for back-to-back World Cup champions. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, talk about a great kickstart to that story, which is going to be written in like a decade-plus time about Mbappe. But, yeah, I mean, those two have been phenomenal all tournament, which is why they're both leading the tournament when it comes to goals. So they could light it up. But then there's also that little subplot of Giroud. And Giroud was meant to be Mr. Super Sub who comes off the bench and scores goals late when Mbappe and Benzema can't do it. But then Benzema's hurt. And now you've got this, I can't remember if he's 36 or 37, but Giroud is in like the form of his life all of a sudden too. He's got this late explosion right before his career dies off and is just leading that French line so well. And I wish he would almost get a little bit more attention because I think everybody does want to talk about Mbappe, but Giroud has been massive to this team, as has Griezmann. And France have that depth across the board, which Argentina do too. That, I mean, Argentina didn't even play Di Maria in the last games. They didn't have to. And he could come on and bend a corner into the goal if he felt like it. So, yeah, there are so many cool things going on right now, and I cannot wait to watch the game. Yep, Argentina-France to decide the World Cup. That game is Sunday 8 a.m. Mountain Time. We're not getting the nice noon kickoffs that we got for these semifinals, but it's worth watching, let me tell you, for all the reasons that we've mentioned and several others besides. Chris, just your analysis of what those teams are going to try to do against each other, it's not one like a France-Morocco where you think that one team is going to have the initiative, is going to have a lot of the possession. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I think so. It'll be slow to start, as it probably should be, right? Everyone's going to feel each other out, which means don't overcommit to attack. Don't send too many players forward because you don't want to do that. As we saw with Argentina, they're great on the counter because of Alvarez's speed up there alongside Messi. Messi can play him into space. Alvarez can go and create things. And France have the same thing in the other direction where 
Mbappe purposely doesn't track back into any defensive role so that he can just transition and counter. So they'll both almost sit lower, commit less people forwards in attack. And then at some point, hopefully somebody makes a mistake, somebody scores, and then the game opens up. But I think they'll feel each other out. Um, for obviously France, it's about stop Messi getting on the ball. So stop the ball getting into his feet will become a big theme. And then how can you crowd him with space? I think other teams have shown Argentina how to stop Mbappe. If you just double up in the right areas, you can take him out of the game. But then you can't forget Griezmann. You can't forget Giroud. You can't forget Rabiot coming out of the midfield. They have very good players and Dembele on the other side who can hurt you. So too much emphasis on Mbappe might hurt you as well. But it'll be interesting to watch. I think it'll be a little clammy to start with and then really open up and the best thing for everybody in the world right now is somebody scores an early goal, and that just changes the whole narrative all of a sudden. Yeah, that would really open it up. What I've loved about France just watching them is, I mean, Mbappe has gravity like like a Steph Curry does in basketball. I mean, defenders are drawn to him because they're so terrified of what he can do, and I think he's actually done a really good job of drifting into pockets of space, not even to receive the ball or not even to make the final run. But just to draw players with him and open up some of those other great players that you're talking about, Olivier Giroud, Ousmane Dembele's had a great tournament. He did that against England on their opening goal, drifting into the middle, and he wasn't the person that finished it. But that movement is what started that move for France, so that'll be something to watch. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all to play for. I mean, both of those players are going to put their stamp on the game, and, and we just have to wait and see who else is going to as well. Chris, any other thoughts? going into that World Cup final again, Argentina and France, Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. I just feel like it's been one of the better World Cups I've seen in my lifetime. It's just been so much fun to follow all the games. And let's also remember that the next time the World Cup comes around, the format's completely different. This is the last World Cup that we'll see that's like this with this many teams, with this kind of a setup. And so everything's changing here in the future soon, so we might as well enjoy this one and remember it forever. Yep, and hopefully we get a final to match the excitement and the suspense of the tournament that we've seen already. This has been our instant reaction to the World Cup semifinals here on Soccer and Snow and Smoke, as well as the Footy 15 right here on Nuanez Now. I'm Andrew Houghton, that's Chris Chitovitsky. Chris, thanks again for your time, man. Let's have a great game on Sunday. I can't wait to watch it. Let's do it.